0: What's going on, everybody? It's your boy V, and this is talk your truth. Um, before I start, I actually want to give an apology. The last episode that actually went up for irresponsible behavior um, a couple weeks ago, actually before February even hit, the audio I had some technical difficulties with the audio, so I'll be re-recording and re-releasing that one. Um, so I definitely that's definitely been caught to my attention. It come up to my attention that the audio just wasn't wasn't there. It was just not existing on the episode. So I apologize for the inconvenience. It's an inconvenience for me too. So just wanted to apologize with that. Nonetheless, Talk Your Truth is back. Back at it again like we never left. And I know I've taken a little time off. It's been a lot going on in my personal life. So I just want to thank y'all for the patience. Thank y'all for just rocking with me and just continuing to listen to the older episodes. I know on the new year new me episode I actually mentioned to actually go out here and i'm going to be doing a few episodes i was going to have the you episode up by now and a guest but there have actually been a little bit more pressing issues and pressing matters i've actually wanted to talk about so the you episode and the guest episode for the season two of you spoilers will come but Like I said, there are a few things that are a little bit more pressing and honestly more interesting to me and more relevant, in my opinion. What I wanted to actually start with was something happened to me recently. I was actually at work with a coworker. We had a conversation. So let me just give you the scenario before we get here. So a coworker of mine named Marcus, he and I were having a conversation about the development here around Charlotte, how when there's development in a city, obviously there are going to be some areas that get a slew of the funds and the development and all the resources usually go to one area and the others, other areas suffer because of that. And obviously a byproduct of this is actually gentrification in certain areas or urban development or developing a underserved, underprivileged area that ends up with the displacement of the people that actually stay in that area. During this conversation, a coworker of mine named Mary, she actually interjects and says, I hope they gingerify the hell out of my neighborhood. Whoa. (laughs) I'm just like, where did this come from? One, we were having a conversation. People interject all the time. It's commonplace now. To some people, it's rude. To some people, it's just like whatever. But she, Mary interjected and was just like, yeah, she just wants her neighborhood to be gentrified because she doesn't agree with the people that live there, how they live. It's just a wide array of things that happen in her neighborhood. But she lives in an area that is underserved, underprivileged, and overpoliced. Here in America... I pretty much described 100% of all the ghetto or black areas in the country. But what I wanted to do was actually give you the definition of urban development and the definition of gentrification. Because I am a supporter of urban development. I'm a supporter of putting resources back into the city, back into areas within the city limits to boost morale boost, the sense of community boost the cost or not the cost of living but the standard of living and to contribute to the individuals that live there i almost see the city and the community around the city like a business when you have a business like this is mine you invest back into it marcus has his own business he's a videographer and i'm very excited for him because he has this wedding expo coming up Once he gets those weddings, he's going to take a certain percentage of that and put it back into his business. That's what all the Fortune 500 companies, all the successful companies take some of their profits and put it back into the business that gave them those profits in the first place. The same thing I believe should be done and could be done on the city or state and local level when it comes to investing in the individuals in which you take taxes from. But that's neither here nor there. The definition of urban development is a system of residential expansion that creates cities. It occurs by the expansion into unpopulated areas and or the renovation of decaying regions. The big part of that is, the big part to me is the renovation of decaying regions. That's what really stood out to me about that definition. Let me give you the definition of gentrification. The process of renovating In improving a house or district so that its conditions, so that it conforms, excuse me, so that it conforms to middle class taste, the process of making a person or activity more refined or polite. That's the definition of gentrification. Let me give you the street definition of gentrification funneling money into an area where a particular demographic that makes up a particular amount of money per year is going to eventually move to. So businesses start to flock to that area. The city then uses resources to go ahead and funnel into those areas. The roads get better. The Convenience like this more businesses start to move in. Here in Charlotte's actually a few, it's one area that is um under the development, quote unquote gentrification. Um, it's actually Freedom Drive. When you come out of downtown Charlotte, you hit Freedom Drive if you're coming down trade. There's Pinky's West Side Grill, there's a somewhat modern apartment building right there on the corner. The farther down you go towards Freedom Drive, you have like a smokehouse for barbecue and other businesses that wouldn't normally be on that side of town because after you hit the smokehouse on freedom drive two blocks away there's a cookout there's a mcdonald's there's a kfc there's a bojangles there's a Showmars. what's been categorized as a food desert whenever someone looks into economics or sociology in america for underserved privileges this is what we call a food desert so after a particular number or block number on freedom drive here in charlotte is where that food desert begins. So gentrification is funneling money into an area, buying up property from people that already are struggling at at their wits end, pretty much, offering them pretty much bottom dollar, but it's more than what they probably make in a year. Buy their property. They move out. You break down the home or you renovate the home and sell it for three to ten times more, the profit. That's what you do. So if the house is valued at $60,000, the person who lives in it bought it for fifty. dollars well, well before it was valued at sixty, dollars you offer them $70,000. That's $20,000 more than what they actually had to pay for it because it, it has just gained this $10,000. Just humor me. It's gained this $10,000 extra overtime. They buy it for seventy. dollars person who sells it makes, it makes a $20,000 profit. But the developer, mortgage company, or whatever, tears that home down or renovates that home and sells it for $200,000. That's pretty much what happens with all of the families in gentrified areas. You're buying them out like a business moving them out and making good on where they once lived, displacing them because now they have to move outside of the city limits. Cause here in Charlotte, I think we're having upwards of 60 or 70 people moving here every day. So it's already getting expensive because so many people are moving here. The property value is raising because of things like this I just described are happening. So you can't do anything but move to the surrounding counties outside of the city. Like I said, why am I talking about this? A co-worker, Mary, inter- interjected into Marcus' conversation, and she said that she wanted gentrification to happen in her area. i kind of knowledgeable about the effects of gentrification and where it comes from, how it started. Like It started as something that is like a descendant of urban development because like i said it's occurs by the expansion into unpopulated areas or the renov- and or the renovation of decaying regions the food deserts the areas that are ghettos the things that the areas that are underserved and underprivileged and overpoliced i would categorize as a, a decaying region of the city it's like the decaying tooth or the cavity in your In your mouth, you're not doing anything good for it. It's just back there rotting. So, what you do is you either remove the tooth or try and fill it in. Now, if you fill it in, it still has some. It's it's lacking the integrity it once had because it decayed over time. Or you cap it and just completely just continue to let it decay. Or you just completely remove it. I don't know. I'm sure they have other things. I know they have veneers and all these different types of teeth that you actually can put into your mouth, but you have to remove what was decaying in your mouth to put in what was new or what is new. So I asked why Mary actually wanted gentrification in her neighborhood because I believe for me to be able to have a logical response In a subjective response to someone's opinion, I need to know what that is. And her reasons were the gang violence in her area, the vandalism that's occurred to her property, like her fence, the gunshots and or the murders that happen in her area. And she complained about the cops not coming when they're called and loose animals like dogs not being on leashes or not being in their yard scaring her dog all valid complaints but mary you just spoke to all of the underserved ghetto areas in america How many black people can say, or how many just minorities in general, it doesn't even have to be here in America, in other areas, can speak to gang violence being in their area, can speak to vandalism happening to their property, a rock coming through your door, somebody taking the rims off of your car, somebody spray painting gang signs or territorial signs for gangs near your property, the gunshots and the murders, that happen in these areas? And then how many people in these underserved areas around the world can speak to authorities being unresponsive when their area is calling for the help and the protection of the civil servants and of the police? So everything that she just described is what I know black people in America have been calling for ever since the lift and the abolishment of slavery, but I want—I'm speaking for Mary. I want gentrification because of these things. Even though this is what minorities have been asking for for hundreds of years, I want it now. If you can't know, if you can't get what I'm—I mean, I'm insinuating Barry is not black, and then. A parent paraphrasing here. She believes that they should be moved out because quote unquote, my dog has been scared because someone else's dog isn't on the leash. My husband witnessed a shooting. My fence has been vandalized. Those all three are quotes from Mary during this conversation. And that's why she believes that they should be moved out. Now, my point, my response was, number one, Mary, you're the problem. You are contributing to the issue that so many different Americans and so many people around the world are dealing with when they're in underserved, underprivileged areas and underappreciated individuals. You're contributing to that issue. So I believe that in this instance... Whenever there's something that's affecting a wider rate of people, you need to call them on it if that person is completely on the wrong side. Me as a man, if I'm speaking any type of disrespect, being misogynistic, being sexist, someone's going to call me on that. Someone should call me on that. If I'm saying women, y'all shouldn't get no damn rights. Y'all shouldn't be doing anything. How some men believe where it should be, y'all should just be in the kitchen, having babies, shutting up. That is completely asinine of me to say, utterly ridiculous, and dated as hell. Somebody's going to call me on that, so why can't I call you on this? That's what a lot of African American people here in the country are actually saying if we stand up for LBGT rights, if we stand up for women's rights, if we stand up for anybody else's rights, if I state any opinion about the rights in which I should have, why is it a problem? If I'm asked to, to support others' rights? So this is this is the example that I gave to Mary. I I gave her an example of a 12 to 15-year-old kid, boy or girl, whoever's listening to this, just pick one. You have one of your parents. It could be your father, your mother. It could be a grandmother. It could be an aunt. It could be an uncle. It could be a grandfather. It doesn't matter. Some parent, parental figure or guardian that's raising you from 12 to 15 years old. And this is what you see as a 12 to 15-year-old kid in your neighborhood. These are the circumstances. Your parental figure or guardian is working one to two jobs, struggling. You have a sibling, either older or younger. The older sibling, if you have an older sibling, they're barely home, they're always out doing something with somebody. You don't really have a relationship with them, but y'all talk a little bit to where you have some semblance of a cordial relationship with them. Almost like an associate that happens to be a sibling. If you have a younger one, you're You're playing the parent role with that child. You're you're looking after them because the parent is out working, the two or the if not the three jobs. So you're cooking for them. You're cleaning for them. You're 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 trying to keep everything tidy all the while trying to deal with being a teenager, being a preteen, growing into teenager. Nothing I have said just now has anything to do with your education. Keep that in mind. So if nothing I just said it has to do with your education and your parents is hardly there, if they are there, they're tired, they're trying to make ends meet, they're trying to keep the roof over your head, they're trying to keep food on the table, whether it be McDonald's, takeout, low-grade Chinese food that happened to just completely be a virus and a disease to underserve and underprivileged areas in America— with subpar service and subpar food. They're still making ends meet, they're still bringing you food. We'll speak on that on another day about these underserved food deserts in America, but that's what you are, that's what you have to deal with at home. What do you have to deal with at school, obviously, if you're living in an area like this and kids like yourself happen to go to the same school that you do? and you talk about it, whether you're around the murders, whether you're around the shootings or any of the crimes in your, in your neighborhood, you don't have to be outside to hear it happening because you're either going to hear the gunshots outside people talking all throughout the night, or you're actually going to hear about it at school. Everybody has probably been in high school or been in school at some form or some level, you know, in those friend groups, you talk about what's happening socially. You don't just go to school and just talk about school. What is this? Some ridiculous fictional world that we live in? When we go to school, we talk about things that have take place outside of school. That's what we do. We socialize about things. That was going. What's, who's having a party this weekend or what happened with so-and-so and her boyfriend or what happened with so-and-so and this person? That's what we talk about. So eventually you're going to come across it. Whether it's a first hand account or not. And the reason I bring that up is because that's your that's your life. And what I what I the analogy that I actually used to Mary was what the city is essentially doing, and you are the city, the individual. So if Mary had a pile of bricks or lumber or anything like that. That sitting on a particular area in her yard and you then move that pile of bricks or those pieces of lumber to another section of your yard what happens to the area in which you just moved the bricks from let's go ahead and acknowledge it the grass was probably dead unsupporting of life you can clearly see that the makeup it's completely different from the grass that was surrounding it. But over time, it started to be nourished. The nutrients come back into the soil. That rain that would otherwise just fall on the bricks or fall on the lumber is now going into the soil, going into the coming straight from the source back into that area. And eventually, the life comes back. The nourishment comes back. And it starts to flourish. But what happens... With that area that you just took that pile of bricks and lumber and moved it towards. (laughs) Are you following me? If you just move one thing from one area of your yard to another area of your yard, whatever was happening in the one area that you just moved it from is going to happen into another area that you're moving it to. You know why? Because you didn't deal with what it was. If you have bricks or lumber or anything like that just sitting around or you're not using it for anything, you aren't contributing anything towards it, you aren't building anything with it, it's going to cease to be anything that could be positive. And it's going to become a nuisance. The minorities and the black people that are in these areas are the bricks. And the reason I use the example of bricks is because they're strong, resilient, hard to destroy. But if they aren't given the opportunity in which they need and deserve because they're human beings, they will be seen as a nuisance. And gentrification displaces them from one area puts them in another and people act like oh my gosh i don't know why these things are happening because you didn't deal with what the actual root of the issue was where they were before you moved them but i'll come back to that i will come back to that i promise you but you're this kid you're just 12 to 15 year old kid right and the only mode, the only only levels of success that you see are what will be quote unquote a drug dealer, somebody riding down your street, it's got a nice car, a car that you and your family does not have, or do not have rather, excuse me. Your friends don't have it's the best looking car in the neighborhood, bumping loud music or whatever. They have nicer clothes than you. They have a nicer car than you. They seem like their life is a little easier than you, yours and they're more successful than you or anybody in your family are or an athlete, whatever sport that may be. Let's just say it's football. Or let's just say it's basketball or soccer. Those are the forms of success that you see. If your, family, if your parents are never there, your older sibling is never there, or you're taking care of a younger sibling and you don't really have the sense of what love may feel like because you're living in a stressful situation, a very strained relationship with the people that live in your house. And you see the camaraderie amongst the gang members amongst the drug lords or the the drug dealers. And you see the affection that they have for one another, whether it be harmless banter or just fucking with each other. That's going to be appealing to you. Not because of what they're doing, but because of what it brings. The warmth that it brings for you and someone else to share in something. And then then Mary, Mary actually... Brought up a really good point. She was like, "Well, I believe that everybody knows right from wrong, and if you don't know, then you can just watch television." Number one, that's wrong because everything on television is fake. That's why reality reality TV even exists. That's one of the reasons that the Kardashians are so fucking famous because we want to follow their life. When what happens when those when those cameras aren't there? Who knows what happens when those cameras aren't there? It's ridiculous. But what my question was to her was, how do you know the best option when the only ones that you see are crap? I actually just finished Trevor Noah's book. That's actually one of the things I was doing um, between the time of this episode and the last one that you've actually been able to hear my voice on. was I, um, I read Trevor Noah's book, Born a Crime stories of a South African childhood, and it just really opened my mind to how they're, they're just the bridge between the black people here in America and the African-American people, the Africans that were enslaved and colonized still in Africa. I know he was in South Africa, but this happened all over the country. And what happened? But how do you know what the best options are if your options are shit? If you've never seen a, a good example of something, if you've never seen someone go out here and make some of them, something of themselves outside of the realm of doing something that could be dangerous, could be illegal, you don't see anybody going to a library. You don't see anyone trying to have a regular nine to five. You um, have a strained relationship with your parent. Possibly, you're being raised by your grandparents or what have you. How do you know? Because some people do have that go-getter and and that, that mode where they can just do it for themselves. But what about those people that can't? What about those people who need that push, who need that support, who need that sense of direction from their family? And if you only have rapping, so you'd be a musician, but... There's a notoriety that comes along with you if you're a musician and you had this tough, rough life. You went to jail because you did these nefarious and illegal activities. Obviously, that still has something to do with being a drug dealer or something like that. So then what? She didn't really have a response outside of, I feel like you can make the decision for yourself no matter the circumstances, but if they don't change... then they should move. <laughs> so she, I, I appreciate the fact that she's standing strong in her statement, you know, that she's not, you know, un, she's unwavering in her opinion. But in this instance, I mean, it's just like you have to understand. <sighs> I, I have sympathy for people like this. I really do. I have some sympathy for people like this because this is just ignorance. That's what it is. It's 100% and unequivocally ignorant because you don't know anything else. It's affecting you personally. You don't want it to affect you personally. So what do, you want? what do you want to happen with something that makes you uncomfortable? You want it to be gone. You want it to be moved. You want it to be removed. You want to feel comfortable. Everybody should feel comfortable. But not in this instance when it will affect a multitude of people and affect their lives for generations to come. There was no way others will understand. But if you can see things from a different perspective, your minds and hearts will change. I am a man, a straight, heterosexual, black man. Women's rights and LGBT rights literally do not affect me in any way. If gay people, gay men, gay women want to have children, how does that affect me personally, outside of my son possibly interacting with their kid? What does that have to do with my life? Does it change my taxes? Does it change my cost of living? Or my standard of living? I don't think so. Men in America have contributed, or or not even contributed, they have been rewarded for not granting women rights. So historically speaking, women's rights doesn't mean anything to me and nor will do anything positive for me. Like I said, women's rights just don't... They're not going to benefit me. But I empathize with women not having rights because black people haven't had rights. That was actually one of the things that Dr. King marched for was obviously civil rights but also women's rights it comes hand in hand and now is hand hand in hand with the LBGT rights so I can empathize with these other demographics because they've been they've been deprived of something that should have just been a right. you should love who you want. love is love is what everybody says. She is great. She is powerful. She is awesome. We can do it, is what Rosie the Riveter said on the poster. It's International Women's Day today. When I'm recording this of 2020, happy Women's um, Month. Happy Women's History Month. We just left Black History Month. Now we're in Women's History Month. But both of those demographics in America still are on the, the shit stick. The short stick. And this is this, this is this is actually what I told my boy Marcus, actually what I told Alex the Great, who was on the first episode, when it comes to the opioid crisis in America. He asked me, Alex asked me, he's like, how do you feel? And I was like, man, now the shoe is on the other foot. My personal feelings, I'm going to keep those to myself, but the shoe is on the other foot now. And I say that to say because people don't care about things that affect other people until it's at their front porch or in their house. One of my favorite songs of all time is Brenda's Got a Baby by Tupac. In that song, he frames a story about Brenda, who is a young woman pregnant far too early in her life and how her community doesn't give a damn. But he frames it and shows and and just, just articulates how her pregnancy affects the entire community and where the community will go. And how you should not try and reap the benefits of someone else's misfortune, but how you should try and create a stable environment. So therefore, this one anomaly does not become common practice, commonplace, and habitual for the community. Listen to this song and, and 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 email me ltxtyt at gmail.com if you don't if you don't see what I'm talking about. So with the opioid crisis, it's nothing but the opposite side of the coin, shoe on the other foot from the crack epidemic in the eighties. It's the same thing, just as it affects a different a different people in a different substance opioids, heroin, all this different type of stuff what people told black people was just say no it broke families it killed people, it broke lives it, it destroyed livelihoods everything that's happened now has happened before did people care then? do people care now? changes of heart can come over time but I say that because now it's at Mary's front door literally but you know what gentrification doesn't isn't, isn't just because of black people or minorities in these areas if you make under a certain amount of money or they want your property for some development they want to create these developers, They will buy your mortgage out and you will have to move out no matter your demographic, no matter your ethnicity, because they want your property. It doesn't matter if you're white or if you're black, they're about to move your ass out anyway. And that's what I didn't understand. That's why I empathize, or not empathize, but that's why I sympathize with her because it all comes from ignorance. If you knew that gentrification is doesn't solely it mainly affects minorities and black people but there have been instances that these developers and these companies have bought out other ethnicities despite what the majority of of the people who are displaced look like they move you out because they see they see dollar signs they don't see people This way of thought, moving people out just like, let's get them out of here, you know, because they're at my front porch, my dog is scared. That's the exact type of mindset that leads to kids locked up in cages. That leads to a wall potentially being built on the backs of American people, whether they support the building of the wall or not. Keep Get them out or keep them out. Keep them out. Get them out. Only difference between those two sentences is get and keep. But it all comes from an area where they don't want something else. Those people who are saying those statements don't want something else. Or what Mike Bloomberg is actually very famous for. um, The stop and frisk. Just because these this person, whoever you deem or think may be a threat, or may be doing things illegally, or have ill intent towards someone or something, or our way of life, I want you to stop that person and frisk them at random. Which is one of the reasons that his support, his his campaign, never even really got off the ground. A lot of people were like, how could how could we vote this person for a Democratic representative when you specifically came up with a policy that targeted minorities for the city of New York City and for the state of, North Carolina, state of New York? I know he was mayor, but that was adopted across the country in some way, form, or fashion. So how the hell you think that people are going to vote for you for that? Just like how Hillary Clinton, how do you think people are going to vote for you that were Democrat but remember Benghazi? How? I digress. Or the random justified killings. I use justified loosely in quotations because of differences between people. Trayvon Martin, specifically. And the discomfort that comes along with people not being exposed to other people or really around them to learn an individual and a culture through that individual when they're younger, or at least having an open heart to seeing the individual as a human when you're older, lead to things like I talked about in the Amber Geiger killing. They lived in the same building. And because she thought he was a cop, because of the practices that certain civil servants have. Certain. I wanna I wanna be I wanna say that. I wanna highlight certain, because not all, but there are certain bad apples that practice this and it just goes to their recruits. And a guy could just be on his couch and he can die by watching television. Because somebody thinks that he's an intruder. because of fear and ignorance. I don't have nothing else. If you're for gentrification, you need to really do your research on it. As to who it affects, why it affects, and why it's a good thing for a city. far more detrimental to a people (laughs) life sucks but why make it suck more for somebody else who doesn't look like you when we're all on this struggle bus firmly and it feels like we have permanent assigned seats so for people like Mary I sympathize for your perspective but you know what just say no just say no or don't move there try and create something recreational contribute to the con- com- contribute to the community if you don't want this to continue talk to the children because what's crazy not even 4 blocks from where Mary lives I know actually I actually know the area that Mary lives in There's a family, a white family, living in a black neighborhood. They open their doors to the minorities that actually live in the neighborhood, mentor those kids, read to them, help nurture them, and look after those kids when the parents are actually at work. And I'm sure that those kids are not doing what's going on outside of Mary's house. So... It's, a, it's something you can do. It's always something you can do to help the community in which you live. But if you don't care, this is going to keep happening. And my last point, and I actually I'm kind of surprised and I'm actually proud of myself for this. I didn't tell you anything about Mary's personally outside of her opinion. And that's another lesson in itself whenever something like this happens or you have a conversation that ends up being an argument like this if you're on one side that's similar to mine or even the other side, don't be petty. I could talk about Mary as a person her 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 family where she comes from her health or Anything that I know may be an issue for her, but who does that benefit and who does that truly frame in a negative light, her or me? Is that me lowering myself just to throw mud on you or throw dirt on you? And that's the difference between debating and arguing, in my opinion. If you have a debate, you have valid points, you're just trying to prove your point. You're not trying to disprove the other point. That's not the purpose of you trying to prove your point. But if you're arguing, you're trying to disprove the other point, in my opinion. I'm not trying to disprove Mary's points. I just know that these things affect people in a negative way. And a personal attack on you, isn't doing anything for my argument. It's doing something for me. And we're adults, or at least should act like should act like it. Have more love for each other. Be more positive to each other. Think about it, even if it's for two minutes. How would I feel if I was in that situation? Because I, for one, the main reason I sympathize and empathize with women and support women's rights is because I don't feel like I should work day in and day out hard as hell and not get paid the same as a guy who is a person who has a penis but get paid less. Or I shouldn't walk down the street feeling as if I might get raped or kidnapped, or I can't go out, I can't go out past a particular hour unless I'm with somebody else, or I have to look over my shoulder or put a a napkin over my drink at a bar, I shouldn't feel that way. But me knowing that I don't want to feel that way allows me to be able to see the plight and acknowledge the unfortunate circumstances that someone else has to deal with. But what do I know? I'm only 27. I'm only 27. Love each other. Love your neighbor. My mom raised me on treat others how you want to be treated. And if you want somebody to just be uprooted and move to another area, I hope you have that same energy if and when something ever happens like that in your life i'm gonna end it on that note i've been v y'all have been great i appreciate y'all for for tuning in we're over 825 listens at the moment so i'm extremely extremely thankful and blessed i want to thank god first and foremost for that but secondly i want to thank y'all everybody listening to this everybody who's listening to any of the other episodes y'all contribute to this y'all do so just a rundown of what's possible to come what's 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 down coming down the pipeline like I said, I have to re-record the last episode for Irresponsible Behavior, which I will be doing that in the next next couple of days and putting that out as well shortly after this one. Then a guest with two a guest episode with two other men talking about Marvel movies, representation of movies, and everything like that. I have actually an outline already done. About movies that I saw prior to the new year and me being super excited for the Candyman movie coming out and why I'm excited for it. So I'll put that out there after Irresponsible Behavior and I'll post the guest episode after that one. And then I'll get get around to you season two. But like I said, there are a little bit more pressing issues and pressing matters that I feel like Talk Your Truth is more suited for other than reactionary episode four. A Netflix show at the moment, just at the moment it will come. And 2020, like I said, I wanted to do a few guest episodes, pod or get the podcast really booming. The Twitter and a website will be happening this year, hopefully by summer, um, to get the footprint out there for the Talk of Truthers, and we're just gonna keep rocking. Once I have some more things more clear and concrete in the pipeline coming down, I'll go ahead and launch them, and I'll go ahead and let you guys know before I do launch them. But like I said, I've been V. Y'all have been great. I appreciate you. This is Talk Your Truth with V. Until next time, treat yourself right. Treat others right. Love yourself. Love others. Keep love in your heart. I love you. Y'all have a good one. Peace.